0: Welcome to EQ above IQ, parenting with emotional intelligence and healing the inner child. My name is Trina Casey and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today. I'm really uh, excited and, and tired, <laughs> so I have been diving into some new courses and so, ah, my head is a little bit full, but in a positive way, I am going to be talking today about motivation. I had a conversation with somebody today, and we were talking about ideas. And I have been on this journey of creating businesses for a long time. I did it with my ex. And one of the things that I really, really feel is important around discussing projects and ideas and everything is making sure you write everything down. And this is something that I realized my son is an ideal maker. You know, he talks about ideas. He, he's always coming up with these plans. His imagination is vivid and, and I appreciate that about him. But one of the things that I always say to him is, how are we going to do it? How are you going to do it? What can I do to help you do it? Because one thing, it's one thing to talk about ideas, but it's also something to execute them. You know, our kids come up with magical ideas around what they're going to do with things and how they're going to do it. That I think the latest one was build an underwater gaming center. Yeah. He's still talking about video games. I think I'm going to lose that battle around that as far as his (laughs) desire to play video games. But basically I said to him, okay, let's create an action plan. Because one of the things I don't know about you, And I just posted this on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, go ahead and and go there now and follow me and say you found me on the podcast because I'm super curious about how many people who are listening to my podcast are actually going over to my Instagram or the other way around. So let me know. That helps me out with my algorithms and all that stuff. So go to this underscore real underscore life underscore books. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook and that's this real life books. Yeah. Basically this real life books, everything, even the website. (laughs) So I said, come on, let's sit down and make an action plan because, you know, there's something about creating an action plan that really clarifies where you want to go, what steps you're going to take to really, really definitively come up with a plan. And if you don't teach your kids how to do this, then you know what? It's going to be a long haul of lots of unthought out mistakes and, and everything else. Because really what we need to do is teach our kids to figure out what motivates them. And that happens with critical thinking. That happens with developing that muscle of critical thinking. Like I said before, our kids can tell us a million and one ideas and you can nod your head like I think most of us do and go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> or you can really dive into the concepts that they're coming up with and their ideas and give them a deeper sense that they are being heard and validated and also to work out what is actually doable because we have always have these ideas in our lives but are all of them plausible are all of them doable can we can we actually build a robot without knowing anything about mechanical engineering or any other kind of science. So this is an opportunity to really dive in and show them the elements it takes to create. Because I don't know about you, one of the things that kind of demotivates me or actually will shut off my listening sometimes is to hear somebody just throwing ideas out all the time. And then you go, you get excited, you're invested in it you're just excited listening to it. And then you ask them, so where are you in that? Oh, nothing. I mean, they have told you what they're going to do or how they're going to do it or why they want to do it. Yet there's nothing happening, you know? So after a while, you will stop listening to these grandiose ideas because it's just talk. You know, I like making sure we talk with purpose. And I tell my son all the time, are you talking to just talk? Are you talking because you really want to communicate something with me? Because honestly, people will stop listening to you if you just talk for the sake of talking. If you're talking for the sake of talking, people will start to stop, to listen. And so, you know, sometimes even when I'm doing this podcast, I go, am I adding value? Am I adding some type of wisdom that I've learned, usually from something I've read or somebody else or just my life experience? Am I adding value to my listener's life? And that's my whole goal because this journey that I have gone through in my life and with parenting has been beautiful but it hasn't been easy and if I can find any way whatsoever to make this easier for you then I will do that and that's why I also I started coaching because I found that the things that the advice that I was giving away for free was actually you being utilized <laughs> and was working for people and yeah I, I, I really feel my purpose in life is to help others help themselves and guide others to, to themselves. And if I can help children do that, who are we going to have for our future, but our children. So here's what I want you to do with your kids from now on. I want you to teach them about motivation. What is motivating them to do anything in their lives is around creating a, a clear picture you know, I'm not telling you to squash their dreams. Please do not tell your kids that's not possible. What a demotivator. Even if they come up with the most outlandish, crazy <laughs> idea, don't use that phrase. That's not possible. Instead, walk them through the steps to figure that out for themselves. So I want you Today, to go out with your child, create a possibilities journal or an ideals journal or whatever you want to call it. Just create something that they can go to to start filtering all of the noise that goes on in their head. And, you know, I'm not an expert with children with cognitive disabilities or anything like that, but I can imagine... That if you have a child that is has a lot of, you know, sensory issues or can't deal with a lot of noise or has a lot of head chatter or whatever the case is, that this could be a really good exercise for them. And it's used in cognitive behavioral therapy for a reason. It gets everything out of your body and into or onto a piece of paper. And then you can better analyze it and think about it clearly. So that's what I think we should all be doing with our kids anyway, with ourselves. You know, like I said, we are all children walking around in adult suits, pretending we haven't figured out while we spread our trauma to everyone we touch, especially our children. This goes in the good way too. You know, we have this open well and this hope and possibility to learn and develop and that never ever stops unless we stop it. And I'm telling you from personal experience, you know, I am, I'm working on a new degree and it's just like, whoa, I'm so excited and so overwhelmed at the same time, (laughs) but it's well worth it because it, it is on my path of purpose to learn what I'm studying in order to further My dreams and my ideas and my purpose, which is to help others and learn more about myself and learn about how to, how children develop and think about things. And so, you know, I had a discussion with a mom online and I'm a part of this digital group, online group. And I like to, you know, even though I have said it a million times, I am not a digital parent by choice. I believe in my gut that there's not that much positivity from being digitally inclined with your children. It's a quick babysitter. It also actually gives you a hit of dopamine, which is false happiness. Every time a kid is on or you are on a digital device, And Gabor, which is, he's actually more famous for his psychology around addiction. He just recently did an interview and it's on YouTube. You can look it up. And he's talking about protecting our children from digital devices. You know, one of the things that the interviewer said is that, you know, Silicon Valley parents tell everyone that are no devices, allowed in their house. You know, Stephen Jobs, Gates, none of their children were allowed to have cell phones or any digital devices until a certain age. So on this this we had a little debate, you know, not heated or anything. I'm always just curious about which things. But this clinical psychologist on the group said to me that he doesn't have the clinical background to give advice about this topic and I asked her what her opinion was about it and she she directed me to her blog and I read a little bit of it and I'm like "Mm, okay I still disagree because I deal with it all the time with my son the the down from letting him have too much exposure to media is so evident but when I take it away he is up and happy, and more creative, and and this is not for all children. Every child is different. This is for my child, and so that's what I'm talking about right now. I know there's people who are proponents saying that it helps with this or that, but... There are also people saying that it actually robs you of your cognitive ability to learn. When we were little, we we learned cursive. We heard, we learned writing on paper and lines and all of that. And now, and I'll, This is from my own personal class too, seeing this mindful storytellers on my mindful storytellers class, which was before switching online because of COVID was in person. I saw the illegible handwriting that the kids as old as 12, 13 had. I couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa, (laughs) I could not read their handwriting. And I'm struggling with a little bit of the same problem with my son. I know he has the ability to do it because I've seen him do it, but it's just the laziness because they're always on the computer and there has been a decline. But here's the thing. This is what a study just came out with. And the study said that writing is actually connected to our ability to remember what we just learned. So... We're actually decreasing our our cognitive ability to remember what we learned by always being on a keypad, you know, and there's more and more studies going out. You can look them up. I'm not going to name a particular one, but more and more studies coming out how that lost skill of writing on with pen and paper is, is really affecting a lot of other parts of her brain. So something to, to consider, of course, I, I'm not the expert in it. It's just something that I feel personally is true, you know, and it's one of my beliefs because I have evidence with my own child and other people have told me and people, other scientists have talked about it. So we need to get honest with this digital stuff. I'm not saying it's all bad. Definitely it has a purpose, especially right now because of COVID and everybody is stuck inside. But you know, it affects our ability to sleep well because we're constantly staring at something. There is a new industry coming out with glasses because they block the blue, the whatever the screen does to wire our brain a certain way. So we're we're agitated. You know, we are not evolutionarily that far away from our original ancestors, our paleolithic ancestors and our development. And so we haven't had some evolutionary leap yet, large enough to say that, you know, we're not still the same. So these things are affecting us negatively. And so it's really important for us to acknowledge our consumption of media as adults. And if, if anything, I always say to my son now, I don't, there was a a period of time where I'd go ahead and he'd ask me, can I watch something? I say, go ahead. But now I'm like, okay, we'll watch something together because I really want to monitor what he's watching because a lot of the stuff that he's telling me about is utter nonsense and I don't think had any value to his life. So just my little two cents and piece of advice. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that you guys will do this little exercise that I just came up with, with the journal because I really, I really see how writing things down creates a certain amount of clarity. We used to do it as Kids all the way through school, there were no digital boards in classrooms, there were no televisions. If anything, it was that rackety old projector. Now I'm dating myself. <laughs> I did, I was in school at, towards the end of VCRs, but I was in elementary, there was a the big projector with the film still. And that was the closest we got to digital. And I, you know, I really think people were happier then. So that's me. That uh, That's my belief, one of my beliefs. And I don't think that taking a step back from, from digital things will affect us negatively to tell you the truth. As iPhone has come out just with the newest phone, less than, uh, has I don't even know if it's been a year. I just got 11 pro not too long ago because my other, my six, yeah, I had a six. I kept it that long finally went kaputs and I, I said, okay, I'll get a new phone. And because the way that they have lined everything up, switching over to Android or anything else like that is a pain. So I just went and got the, the newest iPhone and yeah, it's great. It's fine. But I can tell you, I wish it, there are days when I just put it away and I don't touch it, but it's really hard to be an entrepreneur and work and, and work on social media the way that I do and not have it uh, available in, in, in my hands. So just to have some awareness around it, some awareness people, and because our kids watch us look at it all the time. I created this really cool and funny t-shirt and my son wears it to school sometimes and people laugh. It has some eyeballs and they look hypnotized and it says, look into my eyes now, slowly put the phone down. (laughs) It's my gentle reminders t-shirts. It's just a reminder that you're looking at your phone too freaking much. There are people in front of you. There are people that you can talk to and interact with even at 1.5 meters or six feet away. Please look into people's eyes. I, I, I want everybody today, look into somebody's eyes and say hello. With your mask. I don't care. Smile with, behind your mask. Make actual contact with people and show your child that's what you're doing. Please, that t-shirt is for kids. Look into my eyes and slowly put the phone down because my son got me one day. He got me one day. He said, mom, you and dad are always on the phone. Why don't I get a phone? And of course I tried to explain, sorry, son, I'm on the phone because I'm working. That don't matter. He doesn't know about that. He doesn't care. He just knows that my eyes are downcast to a device and that made it so interesting and so desirable. I remember him being a baby reaching for my phone. (laughs) I have a video, it's so funny, of him being like six months, reaching for my mom, getting upset because I wouldn't give it to him because I was staring at it too much and not looking at him. So put the phone down, parents, friends, even those who don't have children but are caretakers. Put the phone down and look into your child's eyes. I promise you they'll appreciate it and you will appreciate it because this is this virtual world is not the real world. You know, some people will debate that, but I want a different reality. I miss the reality of contact with people. That's what I miss. And I think a lot of us do. And it's hard to, we won't admit it, but I think we're all missing human contact right now, especially with COVID and the way that it is affecting our culture and our society and our connections and the way our brain is hardwired and the depression from not just even getting a hug. I hug my son all the time because I miss getting hugs from my friends and family. I miss it. That's an energetic connection. That's an energy field. And you are exchanging and showing love and appreciation and validation to the people in your life when you're hugging. It's a form of love. So you have family members in your home right now and you are all COVID free. Give a good group hug. Go, go have a group hug with each other or one-on-one hug. I don't know. Just make some connection. Okay. Okay. Because we need it. We actually mentally and emotionally need contact. We need it. So yeah, this has been on me for a while, you know, thinking about this. I want you to think about it too. So I want to thank you for listening to EQ Above IQ, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. Next few weeks, I've got some great guests lined up. I'm so excited. And also, the EQ Parent Roundtable will be coming up soon as well. If you are interested and would love to be on the table... This is not just a friends and family thing for me. This is anybody who wants to come to the table and be open and vulnerable and talk and ask questions. I've got people, parents who've been parenting 84 year olds who've been around the block who can give their perspective and their ideas. Maybe you agree, maybe you not. But the point is there's everybody's got some form of wisdom that we can share with each other. So if you want to be on the table <laughs> and eq parent table, come to thisreallifebooks.com or on Instagram, send me a DM and say, hey, I'd like to be on the, the EQ Parent round table and let's talk. Be a part of the conversation. And I hope you have a blessed day.